Greetings, cocktail partiers. Dan here with a quick announcement. Uh, you may find that our recording and release schedule is going to become a bit more sporadic than it already is. Uh, we've already been dealing with work schedules, but uh, I've begun law school. In fact, I'm recording this uh, halfway through orientation. And uh, while we're not taking a full hiatus, it will become a little more difficult to find time to record with JT, but rest assured the podcast is going to continue and we will put out episodes whenever possible. I'm sure I will appreciate the break, uh, but we just wanted to say thank you all for listening. JT and I really appreciate that you give us any attention at all and uh, we love doing it, but the fact that anybody listens to this is just icing on the cake. And um, with that, we have episode 13 for you, so enjoy In Vino Veritas. Liberty is too precious a thing to be buried in books, Miss Saunders. Men should hold it up in front of them every single day of their lives and say, I'm free to think and to speak. My ancestors couldn't, I can. And my children will. You know, I'm a voter. Aren't you supposed to lie to me and kiss my butt? <laughs> Welcome to the Cocktail Party Congress, the only political podcast to our knowledge with a three-drink minimum. I'm J.T. Andrews. I'm Dan Caves. And I'm Ben Relaford. Yes. Yeah, that's, we, that's right. Listeners, you heard right. We have, we have a guest. Ourselves. Yeah, we have our second they guest. They even trapped me. They, said, yeah, I could, they we, said I had to go on the podcast or else I'd uh, they'd, some unflattering information would come to light. I'm sorry. Don't worry about the guys that put the hood over you and stuffed you into a car to get you on this po- podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I, just, I don't just know doing them. their jobs. I don't know them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ben, it's so nice to have you here. We, we we had your brother Zane on a couple of episodes. Oh, that ago, guy. That was uh, yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how you guys are doing right now, so I didn't want to bring him up. But we're but on. We speaking had a lot terms. of fun with him then. We're on speaking yeah. terms. Uh, yeah. yeah. No, it is I. Absolutely loved watch, uh, listening to you guys talk to him about uh, the religion and podca- uh, politics episode. And it was also delightful to see that the fact that he can still not hold his liquor is is very true. <laughs> I'm not much better, but I did get started two years before that he did. So hopefully I'll be able to make it through the length of this podcast. I mean, we hope so, too. I mean, it's hard enough for us to keep up with the alcohol. I mean, last, last, I, I, I don't know about you, JT, but this is like the bulk of my drink. The, yeah, same here. The last episode, <laughs> I was truly gone because with when it came to the Churchills, I I, I went big. <laughs> I took, <laughs> you I go took, big or go home I, with Churchill. Yeah, I, t- I took In one, all respects. one part to mean one ounce. So I've got like about five, six shots of liquor is drink in Good one. God. And I had a bunch of, oh boy. Well, I hope that doesn't happen again with this week's featured pod, uh, featured podcast. See, I'm doing it now. Featured cocktail, because uh, it's quite a quite a doozy. Uh, ben, you brought this one to our attention, and we're kind of we're kind of curious. What did you uh, what did you bring to our listeners this week for the, yeah. for the featured drink? So today, I've brought to you the Mind Eraser, which is Ooh, a yeah. pretty metal name, uh, and it's also. Uh, relevant to today's topic of discussion, which is ignorance and politics. Yeah, that's right. I mean, we didn't even get into that. So, oh, I'm sorry. Did I? Did I? Uh, 
Did I, did nope, I jump no, the gun too early on that? No, nope, there's absolutely no format Should I bury the lead? that we've really that Should we've I really third put metaphor? Uh, we haven't really well, we haven't really gotten into the swing of like how how do we balance out when we bring up the topic versus the drink. So yeah. I, I guess this is just gonna I say we just, go, just with, have to, go with the flow. <laughs> I mean I love all these idioms. Yeah, all these cliches. Yeah, that's <laughs> one of the oldest cliches. I- Explain to me yeah, the right. difference between idiom and cliche. Explain to me the difference between last week's featured drink and the mind eraser, Ben. Ex- explain to me the, the difference between last week and this week, because I don't know. Yes, uh, riddle me this. Not bait. anymore. Riddle, riddle me, me this. this, Batman. How is this what's, drink What's the name for a man with bats on the brain? So the mind eraser cocktail uh, is two ounces vodka, two ounces coffee liquor, and two ounces of club soda, which is a potent beast. It really is. Oh, my God. Mm. I've actually had to go, like, halvesies on my second and third drinks because the first one just kind of, like, really hit me, and I didn't want to be that guy for this I had episode. A, I, had <laughs> very, I had a very big dinner before before I did that. I did not. So this oh. might as well be my fifth or sixth drink as far oh, as that's ben. concerned. Oh, good luck. My, I uh... mean... <laughs> So my boyfriend informs me that the uh, drink without the club soda is a black Russian, and when you true. add the so I feel very frou frou at the moment. Yep, I, like I feel like I should have a tiny it, pink like paper umbrella. This falls right into the category of you have the black Russian, which is uh, half and half vodka and uh, coffee liqueur, and then you have the white Russian, which is that it's a black Russian but with added cream. This is a black Russian with added club soda. Um, so it falls right into that that same family of drinks, I guess the the Russian. I'll be real. Drink. I needed the I needed it to be diluted a little bit. <laughs> so no, this is that's good. fair. Yeah. Keep in mind, people, you're gonna want to serve that over ice, so it's on the rocks. So you get to yeah, you get to uh, dilute it a little bit on your end. Yeah. It it was on the rocks. Uh, I don't know if my air conditioning is coming through, but uh, you know it it is no longer on the rocks because it's a little <laughs> warm where I am. <laughs> Nah, that's a fair. That's fair. That's fair. Air conditioning. We, we 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 respect air conditioning on this show. Yeah, that's yeah. your tagline, as I understand it. Yep. Cocktail party air congress. Con- we respect air conditioning. Yeah. Yeah. You you've sort you you, you have you a contract found with secret. Hoover. Is that right? Hoover's uh, vacuums. Yeah. What am I doing? Hoover is vacuums. Okay. Maybe they should expand. Ben, are you ignorant? <laughs> I'm, of I'm straight H- ignorant of HVAC companies. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, so that the, feeds in. So the reason no, 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 no. HVAC is very important. <laughs> so the reason I chose the Mind Eraser was because I knew I was coming on the Cocktail Party Congress, and I knew I wanted to talk about ignorance in politics. But the kinds of drinks that I'm familiar with are all beers. I'm a beerman. Uh, yeah. I don't like cocktails. I don't know cocktails, <laughs> and I'm sad that I had to buy both vodka and coffee liqueur to do this, but I chose a random cocktail with something vaguely mind erasing behind it. And so I don't really understand what I'm drinking, and I don't know what it'll do to me, and that feels correct for the, why for don't, the topic. Why don't you give us all of the tasting notes? You're, you're going to have... <laughs> it is extremely that. sweet and very warm, and exactly half is going to my head, and the other half is going to my elbows, and I don't know what that means yet, and I'm very excited to find out. Well, this is the show to figure <laughs> it out. Okay. okay yeah. Good to hear. Uh, yes. Ignorance in politics. This... this- this topic could go any number of directions. I mean, we could talk about political apathy. We could talk about being misinformed uh, through the media. Or we could talk about not knowing how to sift through all this information that's at our fingertips. Sure. Uh, it seems like a very undaunting task uh, to 
everybody involved, especially if they're new uh, to the political game. Well, so so to, to to bring it back into like context for like personal context for me, um, a few years ago, much like many people, I suddenly became aware that there were you know three branches of government that I had a senator of some sort. Yeah, all of these like these 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 obvious yet hidden truths that uh, mm-hmm. so many people are unaware of. Um, you know, uh, and, and, and I started kind of thinking like, wh- why do I know so little and h- how do I get to know more? Cause at, at the time, you know, 2016 election and, and, and prior politics was certainly a topic of conversation, but I didn't have many facts to bring to the table. And I, I realized that despite my having grown up in many different ways and kind of matured in different ways, I never really got a political education. I never understood how to look at an article and be able to pick apart well what do they mean by this or like well, should i consider the source here and what i found is you know operating through the mainframe of facebook uh does does not cut it i i'm unprepared to deal with topics that plague our political consciousness you know they're, they're too complex for the soundbite kind of response that you get either through facebook or twitter and I became very aware of my own inability to process all of the crazy information coming at me. And uh, and so that's what kind of governs this this topic of discussion is I, I don't really know what I'm looking at. And I was hoping you guys could help me out in, in trying to figure out what you do when you are ignorant about politics yet want to contribute. That's that's a tough, a tough uh question that you've really brought up here um yeah it's quite quite a doozy right there yeah Yeah. because we do live in an age of um i would almost say misleading uh arguments and misleading facts and argument by soundbite and internet meme it it seems (laughs) like the uh the modern approach to to political discourse and dialogue mm-hmm. i voiced my vitriol to, to towards uh, argument by meme before it's it's not it's it's not a good way to convey an idea for sure that just makes me want to make a meme with like the fry face like can't tell if vitriol for meme argument or a political discussion <laughs> podcast well w- what that opens up a different road too because not only is it a daunting task to try to get your mind around political news but also it opens up the fact that there are a lot of actors out there who exploit the fact that most people don't pay close attention to politics to to get to sneak things in and to get their points across and to yeah. get their points across in dishonest ways. And they, yeah. they don't yeah. like they'll yeah. present quotes outside of their original context, or they'll uh, they'll almost take just a photograph and try to frame it in just the right way to make it look like something completely different. Like I, I'm thinking about that. There's a picture that's been floating around the internet that points out this idea of framing perfectly. Uh, it is a picture of. Uh, sort of a imagine a widescreen shot on either right in the middle you have this um i would say a refugee or somebody of middle eastern descent in the middle i want to say this was taken during the sure uh but either on either side there is uh, a picture of, a, of an american soldier the one soldier on the one side of the photograph is giving this person water on the other side uh the soldier has a gun that almost pointed at the guy so what 
if so, what somebody did was they showed how framing works by cropping one of the soldiers out and then the other one out respectively. If on the one side, it looks like uh, the soldier's about to kill a guy. And on the other side, it looks like a soldier's doing the humanitarian thing and giving this person water. So, but we don't get the full image. And that, yeah. I think, is what a lot of the media is doing, now, especially. Well, oh, you know, there is a lot to unpack there. Because when you say the media, that's like a pretty loaded term. Um, yeah, it kind of is in this day. I age. agree. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is a shame because it doesn't seem like it should be. But it, it also, well, what does it even represent, though? Like, the media is also such a broad term that you could be talking about any of a different number of of media who which right. may have different different approaches to how they present things so it isn't one monolith the media right or, like yeah. the media is the broad overarching term of everything so that that also yeah. is a phrase i don't like the media because it could apply to to anything um at all i mean it could go from the craziest right wing to the craziest left wing to the most you know uh, unbiased of all of them. Well, well, Facebook shut the door on Alex Jones, so he doesn't count anymore, presumably. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the, that's fresh news. Alex Jones got his channel shut down by a lot of the uh, a lot of the techs. Dang. Yeah, where f- am I going to get my YouTube. laughs now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the internet will provide. May I direct oh, you to these he'll... cats trying to do human things? He'll be up on Vimeo soon enough. <laughs> there will always be a medium, Alex Jones. Any chance we okay. can get a any chance we can get a quick uh, Alex Jones uh, impersonation, Dan? Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Did... Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! You think that there's gonna be a, a globalist conspiracy? Oh, that was probably the worst oh, Alex wow. Jones before. It, it's pretty bad, when, but he's also pretty yeah. bad, so it kind of works. That was pretty bad. For some reason, I've been, Dan, I, yeah, I, I've been, I've been ambushed. <laughs> so Dan, a while back, this was when. Uh, John Boehner came out in favor of legalization of marijuana, which was completely out of left wing Represent. right there. Uh, yeah. But anyway, you gotta wonder what Dan, his kids were doing. We, we were talking about how he came up with this idea, and Dan said that it's probably because we had this image in our heads of John Boehner sitting on a couch in like a wife beater in his boxers and a cowboy hat just covered with Dorito chips <laughs> watching Alex Jones. And then he just, <laughs> you know, after lighting up a joint for the very first time in his life he actually gets high for the first time and then he's watching (laughs) alex jones and he's just and he's just like the chemicals didn't make the frogs gay that's the way god made them like 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 that meme with all like the math flashing in front of his head like i get it basically that's the way dan presented it to me and i'm just like yes that's (laughs) that's right the chemicals didn't make the frogs gay god made them that well, I, I can't remember. It might, must have been South Park where the argument was, you know, if gay people exist and they're made in God's image, I figure God's got to be at least a little gay. Oh, um, no. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, bring it on, really. But yes, bring it on, God. Um, we can handle it. We're well, woke. But, yeah, back to the point. It's really uh, incredibly yeah. difficult to sort out these sources. Um, it is. You really have to dig deep into where these sources are getting their information as well as what where is this news coming from? Like, yeah. what do they have an agenda? Do they have um, some kind of, are they objective or not objective? Um, yeah. And are they presenting the information that they have accurately without um almost without bias or with as well, little bias as they can because it's not it's almost impossible to be completely unbiased well well let's let's talk about that first is like the the so mm. in talking about 
where I'm coming from as an ignorant potential voter and how I'm supposed to sift through all this information as somebody who is very much brought up in one camp of thinking. Let, let's talk about the topic of, if you don't mind me hijacking your podcast, which you don't. <laughs> Go for it. Because I'm the hijacker and you got to do what I say. Um, so <laughs> the topic that I kind of wanted to open with is manufactured ignorance. You know, there, there's several different kinds of ignorance. There's ignorance by necessity, yeah. like you just haven't been taught that. And then there's ignorance by deliberate action on the part of one party. Uh, and by party, I don't mean political party. I just mean like, you know, a an interest that wants you mm. not to know. Um, so if you, if you don't mind, I want to kind of talk about the immortal uh, tobacco industry uh, historical claim that tobacco is not bad for you, you know? Yeah. Um, this was a concerted effort on the part of the tobacco industry to cover up or downplay or otherwise obscure all of the information coming out that tobacco causes cancer. And uh, I- I've been reading this book lately um, called uh, Agnotology, which is the study of ignorance. And, you know, they have a whole chapter on saying how this ignorance is manufactured. Um, and they talk about the fact that a lot of the time uh, in recent years, what they, uh, it's specifically a quote from Thank You for Smoking, is that doubt is our product. The guy for the, the, the tobacco industry says, we're not really selling tobacco. What we're selling is doubt. There's evidence coming out that there is uh, there, there are causal links between smoking and lung cancer, and we can't deny them. What we can do is obscure that that is a fact. Um, I'm sure you guys are both familiar with the idea that, you know, well, evolution is just a theory, you know? Um, oh, yeah. Or, or, or it, things in that vein where um, the notion of it being scientific fact is not as clear if you get the right spokesperson for it and if you frame mm-hmm. it under the right banner. And what they did for a long time with tobacco is demand, well, we, we've only tested it on mice. There's, there's no causal link. We need to do more research. And who's going to argue with more research? But then those interests wouldn't actually fund the research. So they were in this really weird spot of both wanting more research and not funding research that led for Mm -hmm. this perfect storm of being able to deny in perpetuity the idea that cigarettes were bad for you. Yeah, that sounds one-to-one with a lot of other issues that were sort of faced with on the science denial side of things. I mean, you see the exact same tactics and honestly from my understanding the exact same experts almost as we're having to deal with doubt manufacturing around climate change and the causes of that and yeah that's that's really interesting to think about jt right. did, you, did you have anything um, off, off the right there uh i could talk about big oil industry and uh, please do a lot of what what they've tried to do or have done in the past uh yeah. a while back back when leaded gasoline uh, was very, very common. Mm. Uh, right. What they were doing is, I can't remember if it's the Arctic or the Antarctic, but uh, there were some researchers down there who were looking into the age of the, the ice. Uh, so they were drilling samples, and they were dr- uh, taking a look at how uh, how old this ice was. Looking at, and the way they did it was they looked at the different uh, stratification layers within the ice, and they noticed, and very recently, that there were higher concentrations of lead in in the ice and they were trying to figure out where it came came from and they figured out that it was actually emissions from leaded gasoline that was causing this 
So, mm. uh, as a result, uh, they tried to, to publish this, this research saying, hey, we have l- the emissions from leaded gasoline looks like they are causing higher concentrations of lead in the ice sheets in the Arctic. What's it like around the, uh, the rest of the world? You know, this, this cannot right. be good because of a known toxin. Uh, so, when they tried to get this thing published and when they tried to further their research, get it out in the open that... The, you know, the oil industry is pretty much letting like their product is responsible for that. The oil companies were trying to subvert that research in every way that they could. They knew that um, in order to keep selling their product, they couldn't have this sort of research uh, out in the open, knowing that their product could be causing harm around the world. So they they did everything they could to silence these people. And this is, uh, this is very much the same thing when it comes to uh, climate change nowadays. Mm-hmm. I mean, I found it hard to believe that 97% of the scientists are arranged in this mass worldwide conspiracy only to be d- outdone by this plucky band of billionaires, oil men, and senators. Mm-hmm. I mean... I the mean, real it, heroes. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not a conspiracy. Climate change is very real. And they have scientific evidence to back that up and prove it, um, which is yeah. something that the, that a lot of the oil industry, the coal industry, they're trying to fight against because they know that they're going to lose a lot of money. on it. Billions of dollars could go down the drain because of it. Absolutely. And, and you know, the, I, I don't know um, where you guys fall politically in a super specific sense. I assume that based on what you just Mm. said and the fact that I don't mind talking to Dan, that, uh, you guys both (laughs) believe that climate change is very real and very human caused, but, uh, yeah, that's basically where where I am at this point. And and you know, that's, that's kind of like the first really, the thing that really gets stuck in my craw is, uh, for, for all of this kind of silence as a, you know, pretty um, secular person who very much trained as a scientist, you know, went to grad school for physics. Um, when when the scientific consensus is 97% or more, you, you have to start wondering, oh, under what banner are the people who are denying it really fighting? You know, why why exactly is all, there all this pushback? And, and I always come back to like, yeah. Yeah. who who benefits from this argument? Who benefits from the lie? If you have on one side there is somebody who says, uh, we're fucking up the environment and we need to stop. And the other side is like, uh, we're doing fine the way we're doing it and we should just continue exactly what we're doing. Which one of them benefits? You know? And and it really is only the people with money to lose that have anything to benefit from perpetuating the lie. That's right. Yeah, that's generally the case. I mean, then you get into the question of what's the... Of all of the possible reasons for them to be supporting the obfuscation of scientific fact, what's the actual one versus what's the worst one? I mean, it could very well be it's just ridiculously short-term thinking because they have to financially keep keep the profits moving for their shareholders right and then it could and then it could get like as you move backwards and the different orders of magnitude of completely shitty uh motivations then you could get into like the captain planet uh villain side of things i always wonder what the psychology is on their side of passing the buck to that degree well 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 something uh, something that i was kind of thinking about going into that example is this could be one of the downsides of the domination of the legal profession of legislating and whatnot i mean i 
Oh no, we're not causing an internal so, crisis over there, are we, Dan? Uh, well, the problem is that lawyerly <laughs> thinking can get kind of tactical when you're treating everything like, like your case. Yeah, like a and battle. So in, yeah, as opposed to so, like a fact. Yeah, as, as yeah, exactly. Every single issue is itself a battle. The other side of that is, from my understanding, if you are trying a case, like if you're having a lawsuit about big tobacco, or if you're having a lawsuit about big oil, about climate change or whatnot, my understanding is that if you have the scratch to pull together to get yourself an expert witness to testify to your side yes. of the story... You're always going to get an expert to testify to your side of the story. It's almost like they've internalized the idea that, oh, yeah, you can just buy a study to say that. You can buy a study to say whatever you want it today. Right. And, and maybe there's a little bit of that, too, is like that that might be why it's that might be part of why it's so easily dismissed on. Yeah. Let's just say the there, Republican side now is there is a, a real big push. Yeah. At, I remember reading about this uh, a while back where. There was some study that came out, uh, it was a paid study, and they were asking scientists, quote unquote, whether or not human beings were the cause of global warming. Now, they were only asking scientists, but here's the thing. They did not specify what kind of scientists. Oh, God. <laughs> so, oh, no. Oh, no. So you had really <laughs> skewed results because you had people who were, you know, not at all climate scientists. You had people like, like medical, podiatrists. Yeah, you had podiatrists pretty <laughs> much saying awesome mating habits. Gee, I don't think that global warming's real, and this is coming from a podiatrist. I mean, somebody or who a has dentist. Abs- yeah, <laughs> your dentist. You know, I'm a rage. You know, I'm a raging anti-dentite. You oh, know you're <laughs> anti-dentite. <laughs> yeah, I- exactly. And I'm you a have virulent people, anti-dentite. But yeah, you have these um, these people who are not qualified at all to talk about climate science uh suddenly making these uh contributing to this study and then the people who are very um very much in favor of the the oil companies the coal industry uh you have all of these these people who support these industries pointing out to, to uh that study saying look at this not even all of our scientists agree on and yeah it skews the results yeah uh, and and so like i think what we're getting at is the is the big problem in our current media age which is you know a a, i used to listen to this podcast citizen radio and you know there were problems with it but like one of the big points that they made and one of the big points that i think they really articulated well was the dangers of the 24-hour news cycle where Mm -hmm. you had to say something uh and you had to you know tickle the uh watcher's brain to some degree and what's more controversial than a debate so what yeah. what is going to put butts in seats? You you have to have some something that people care about. You know, climate change is in vogue. Well, let's put somebody for it and somebody against it. That seems fair, mm-hmm. but it, but it's not representative of the scientific community, and it's certainly not representative of facts. But if you are in a position of relative ignorance, and what you are being peddled is this story wherein the science is not in. And it goes back to that tobacco industry thing. You have doubt. There is not a clear consensus on this because the news doesn't tell us that there's a clear consensus. What do you do if you are an relatively ignorant, and I don't use that as a disparaging term, what do you do if you don't know anything no. about what you're listening to? And it's being presented to you as two equal and balanced sides. How do you overcome that? Because that's going to happen. That's, that's our reality right now is everything that could conceivably be a debate 
is going to be treated as equal and balanced sides in the media. Mm. One, one of the best things you can do is, uh, especially when it comes to the news, uh, is look at multiple sources on the exact same. Like, the more sources you have, the better your outlook is going to be. But at the same time, try to beforehand take a look at what type of reporting these, uh, you know, these media outlets are look at what what they do on a regular basis uh like like for example like for example uh, a news story released by reuters is not is actually probably going to carry a lot more weight than the same story released by breitbart or you know Mm -hmm. some some media industry or with what i'd say a lot more of an agenda and a lot more of a skew uh, to it. But are you, are the, you trying to claim that Breitbart doesn't have a fair and balanced coverage? Because I think I saw a black person on there one time. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah, gonna, that once. I'm going to say that thing. And that it was probably the whitest black person they could probably find, <laughs> too. <laughs> yeah. Like, shots fired. Yeah. Shots <laughs> fired at Breitbart. Eat your heart out. <laughs> we're real, we're, like, we don't pull punches here at the yeah. Cocktail Party Congress. No, I, not I, at all. I certainly don't, especially when it comes to Breitbart. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah? Breitbart and a lot of these uh, more right news outlets tend to be, they feed into the culture of paranoia that seems to be taking our country. Because everybody is now scared and feeding it and telling us to be afraid when really we're being afraid of the wrong things. Right, we're okay, be- but like, let's... Well, Jay, could, could, could I add to that real quick sure. and just say, beware of blogs. Yes. If you're getting your if you're getting your news from blogs that are talking about stories that are being reported elsewhere, be very wary. No, no, no. no. That that doesn't like, uh, that doesn't solve like, the problem. I, I consider Breitbart basic blog. blog. So you Continue you would on. be fine, you know, as long as it wasn't from Bo- you you'd be fine getting your news from Fox then. No. Uh, well, I'm going to I'm I'm going to endorse what JT said because it's kind of what I do. If if I'm trying to figure out what the hell is actually true about a particular story is I'll go to a handful of mostly conflicting uh, viewpoints. So I I might get the Washington Post, the New York Times, Fox, and I might take a look at and see if where the facts do agree between different sources that usually have different um, motivations for doing what they're doing. That's usually where I'll find the truth. Right. I'll take anything uncorroborated, anything left up to an anonymous source, anything like it. And another thing is um, if you ever encounter a an article title in the form of a question, the answer is almost normal, normally no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is Barack Obama a secret <laughs> werewolf? Exactly. Like you can be yeah. reasonably certain that the answer to like, like if he's a, an open a, werewolf. A, yeah. If a news article is asking you a question, the the answer is probably but probably yeah. So but so what, what you're up, saying then is that 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 the solution to the ignorance problem is becoming learned. It, it's it's I guess it's it's you know bettering yourself by by pursuit of knowledge. But and I was going to bring that up too because like the solution is so like what is so the obvious. solution for the for the person who doesn't who isn't maybe it maybe isn't even terribly interested in becoming seriously political. What if involved. they don't? What if they don't look at multiple different news yeah. sources yeah. and try to you know channel them against each other yeah one of the biggest problems i think our country faces is actually this idea of political of voter apathy and political apathy um Mm. almost like 
nobody wants to know. They want to, they're content <laughs> with, with their ignorance. Uh, sort of like somebody's just not interested in politics. And in America, I feel like the problem, the problem is they can't really see the effect of their votes, of their voices, of their choices. Uh, the motivation to become learned is so small. Yeah. Right. Because and, you only have the one vote. So like, what does it even matter whether or not your choice is well informed? Exactly. Like they, they don't, a lot of Americans don't see their themselves as being powerful in their voices. So it's just like, it's almost like they, they've already decided who wins and who loses. So what, what does it matter? All I want to make sure is that, you know, still play my video games, be content in my happy little closed off world. Um, and that's a really difficult sentiment to, to combat. Yeah. Uh, because these people aren't going to turn out to vote. They, they will realize. if they're angry enough. If they are angry enough. But, but even at their angriest. Very dangerous. Even at their angriest, our voter turnout, mm. like the biggest turnout we ever had in the presidential election was 62%. I want to say that was when John yeah. Kennedy. Uh, but we've had typically somewhere between. In, in the high 30s to low 50, just a percentage of voter turnout. People who can vote, vote. Right. Well, so could I, I get out my tinfoil hat real quick, JT? Uh, and Ben, maybe, if you maybe you'll join me in this. I'll just take another swig. How about... If you ask me, and you ask me halfway through my third drink, <laughs> I would tell you that the last thing that our political class wants is more than like 40 or 50 percent of most people who are eligible to vote to do anything more than that whenever called upon you think you see what i'm getting at like i, I honestly you, i they, think that you want political ignorance you is a t- and then step aside is that what you're saying exactly exactly no like i think most people are only ever called upon to vote when they're needed and told to get back to their lives and they're encouraged to be ignorant and they're encouraged to be the gettable middle voter who could be manipulated by what's actually go by, by what's going on out there and i think it benefits the management class of our political system to have the least number of informed voters right. possible because that that's got to be the most dangerous voter yeah. is the informed voter yeah and that's mm-hmm. that, that. That's what I advocate. Is I advocate for people. If you're going to be voting, you're going to. I hope you're putting in a little extra time, especially in the few months before an election. It's not always going to happen. But um, Ben, uh, well, I mean, like a question, maybe uh, to, to 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 kind of move the uh, the discussion along. Sure. And if you have any thoughts about what I what I said earlier, then also chime in with that. Like. When's the last time that you were called upon to have a developed position on a topic that you had not really thought about that much? Because I feel like that happens more often these days, especially. Developed position? Yeah, like, have you ever had a situation recently where, like, it was something that you were not really that versed on, but some social need demanded that you have, like, a developed opinion on it sure because i think yeah and and this actually gets into the topic of like relative ignorance about a subject and how powerful it can be because uh you know i i'm you know i don't think it's particularly uh surprising i'm a pretty liberal 
through and through for the most part. Um, I mm. hope you guys won't hold that against me. Um, Dan Caves, all. I know you are a uh, reformed cultist, as I understand it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I'm uh, done with I'm done with tribes for the you're time. You're done, done drinking the Kool Aid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there, there was a, a topic of discussion a while back while I was in grad school. This guy named Josh. He was a former detective. And uh, oh wow. Yeah, uh, in Tennessee, he he frequently, you know, he was a cop, and uh, you know, I I was talking to him about uh, police brutality, and he had, you know, I, I expected I was in my comfortable liberal bubble, you know, I was in I was in a college for Christ's sakes, uh, you know, who who goes to college except for uh, liberal liberal snowflakes, and uh, you, you know, so I talked to him about that, not expecting a reaction, and he was like, oh, you know, I am a cop, and. Those points that you're bringing to me, they, they sound a lot like kind of fabricated. And, and you know, I, I see a lot of the evidence that you're bringing to the table is not really in line with what I've experienced. And I, I think that you might have been misled in this position. And my position was very much coming out of the Trayvon Martin kind of era of police brutality. So, um, you, you know, and I, I can't get into the minutiae simply for the uh reason that i don't remember it very well but i remember yeah, that's fine feeling that challenge and being like well where do i go from here i have an entire catalog of liberal history telling me that cops are the bad guys in these situations mm. and then i have this person who was actually in it saying well that's not it's not as simple as that uh and it on a case-by-case basis this cop really didn't do anything wrong right. i didn't really know what to do with that and yeah. i didn't know a source of information that I could trust to get that. My, you know, liberal bias and my friend both had stakes in their side of this kind of debate. So I, I guess that would be the most recent example of me not really knowing where to go. Did that answer your question? Well, that's... There we go. Yeah, that's a that's really... It. Yeah, that's a really interesting story yeah. there. Um, I mean, you, you, you ran up against one of the hardest... One of the hardest things about engaging in political discussions. When you do get faced with information that disconfirms in some way, big or small, something that you've held dear... How does your when beliefs, does it ever happen anymore? I think it happens more often than we're willing to admit. Yeah, but it, it doesn't. Does. It just doesn't happen in real time. <laughs> but you usually don't change your mind in real time. Like when, when, whenever you get hit by the argument that's going to change your mind about something even big, or even like change your understanding of it, even if your mind doesn't change. But to like to like add extra information, it never really happens in real time. I wish that's something we kind of understood and internalized more about political discussions it's like i don't get frustrated if i feel like i'm not getting through to someone on something that i care dearly about because i know that you're planning like in my own yeah and and like in my own experience i've had those moments too where it's like i I had to like incubate that for months if not years until anything useful came in that that's what happened for you with uh your yeah you know, defection, right? <laughs> yeah, I, guess, I mean, defection, yeah, I guess that's the right word. <laughs> yeah, no, it took years, and it was, hard, it was like, painful. Yeah. But it, it it was something I was willing to let, I, I, I was willing to let, like, old versions of myself die and puff. Yeah. yeah. You have to and let, it's, it, yeah, you have to let go of uh, your past opinions when you're presented with new evidence would say with with a new way of looking at when you're presented with new information like you may not see it at first but later on down the road you're going to start thinking about these topics and you're going to give it a lot of thought and suddenly you're going to be like you know what i was wrong and but i and that you, that you, 
I'm sorry. It's so hard for any person to do though. Like yeah. we're getting back into yeah, the it, idea that the only challenge for ignorance is is uh, is study and yeah. and a general broad knowledge base. I think it takes well, uh, in addition to just a motivation to become learned. It takes an element of courage. It, it takes the courage to admit one's own like just the way we looked at something in pat in the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to change a long-held belief, not just an opinion, but a long-held belief. And it takes a yeah. lot of courage to say, "You know what? This is maybe I should rethink this." Well, courage, yes, but I'll also add to that a, a healthy dose of humility. You have to be willing to open yourself up to the possibility of being changed and that 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 takes a certain measure of humility to do and that that's something that isn't very well modeled in how our conversations happen in the media in this big thing that we call the media i suppose mm-hmm. is uh, like well getting back to the 24 hour news cycle and all that and the pundit that came along with that like the the archetype of the the, the convinced arguer, the interlocutor who's always convinced of their side of the story and you're wrong and this is the liberal version and this is the conservative version. and like The conservative version has had... a much deeper voice, it's true. And this is the conservative version. That was like, a terrible Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> this is the conservative version. <laughs> but that's sort of the model that we've all had for our for how we have these conversations. Like, that's something that kind of irked me years ago is that it seemed like political conversation turned into a battle of many pundits. Yeah. And like we yeah. were it became having, entertainment. Yeah. It, like the entertainment, like idea sport, that's what's been available to us as a, as a reference point. And so most people act like frigging paid, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like surrogates. For either of the parties or any of the candidates, Have like you, nobody's, n- nobody on television is actually being opened up to the possibility of changing, and it's disempowering to those who don't have that modeled to them, mostly in the first place. It's it's a very us versus them mentality. Uh, yeah, and it's, the it's, tribalism, and it's always yeah. everybody's demonizing the other side. Like, wasn't there somebody? Uh, said uh somebody was wearing a t-shirt or something and it said like i'd rather be a russian than a democrat yeah the, and the, the, just, oh, like, i just saw that i'm just yeah. like that is, that is disturbing like you, these are your own country burn these are your own countrymen you know they're americans and they're the ones that are going to have the most influence on your life lives and they're the people you can talk and they're the people you can exchange ideas talk just talk politics in a civil way but no, you you demonize them and just decide, hey, people just want they want to destroy my way. It's it's, it's so much it's, easier to view your world through that kind of binary uh, option than to sit down and consider that maybe you don't have all the answers and that the other side has some good points. I mean, exacerbated by the fact that that is never a possibility that's presented to you, like uh, on either side. You know, you're always we have the right side and we have to figure out how to get more voters. It's never. We have to figure out what exactly the other side is talking about. And, you know, I yeah. certainly have my opinions on which side of that is more heinous in their uh, in their approach and, and their politics. But I think it's true on either side is that, like, we're not really any more concerned with coming to the middle. We're, we're concerned with it. Oh, it's always a battle because that's always how it's going to be portrayed for our news. Like, if, it, mm-hmm. if it's not a battle, then what exactly are we there for? I mean, the... 
the the Republican primary for a few years a few years back, I think in like 2012 or something. I, I was watching. I'm like, it's a fucking pro wrestling show. Like, what am I even yeah, doing it's, here? It's what it seems like. Um, it was essentially pro wrestling when uh, our current president was going through the entire process. I mean, he 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 was active in Demon, WWE. Do you, are you talking about Donald Trump? Yeah, we're talking about Donald Trump. Take a drink, everybody. <laughs> you two can take a drink. I'll say it too. <laughs> Trump. <laughs> Add three clicks to the golf clicker, Mr. Caves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We are up to, let's see here. We are up to 14. 14. So, yeah. one, so uh, you add one click to the clicker every time you say Donald Trump? Yeah. Damn okay, it. You just, you just got us another one. This is fun. I was hoping that would happen. <laughs> well, you, well, let me take a so yeah, <laughs> The reason we do not speak his name is because uh, they believe that there is no such thing as bad press. He's getting publicity every time you speak his name or you mention him in the news. I mean, he's got all the publicity in the world. Good, good, bad, doesn't matter. His name is getting out there. So he feels he's like the only Lovecraft way, deity in that way. Yeah, the only way <laughs> to fight that is to not mention his name, to just like almost not like even acknowledge his presence. <laughs> well, then, an- well, then another way I approach it is, JT, to your idea of uh, respect for the office being an ama- a major thing. I just like to say the president because I like to reinforce yes. that a sitting president of the United States is doing these things and not just some frigging reality TV personality, like on the level of one of the lesser Kardashians. Like Very this is a sitting so. president this of the United a- States. He has it, it is a high elected office. That's up to I, I, like, I, I, clotheslining Vince McMahon and pretending to beat him up on television you know. as we were. As we were saying in the, the pro wrestling reference earlier. So, <laughs> J- James Comey was actually asked if he had any nicknames for the current president. And he's just like, what yes, I do have a nickname mean. for him. I, I call him the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, that that's we can refer to him at, by his I title. wish he referred to himself like that. Yeah, he does. <laughs> the president of the United States. <laughs> yeah. no. I mean, it's a lot better than mine of Orange Julius Caesar. <laughs> I, I don't mind the orange Caesar. Julius. Yep, orange Julius crosses the Rubicon. Wow. <laughs> yep. Is that in the food court? Is that where that is? <laughs> yeah, I think Take so. Take a left at the Auntie M's pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so uh, oh, for the record, I don't I don't remember the last time I even had it. Yeah, me neither. I can't believe this is two out of two podcasts that I've been on with you, Dan Cage, where a focal point in our discussion was fucking orange Julius. <laughs> Do you realize this? <laughs> that's right. Yeah, no, no, that's absolutely right. Yeah. Was, oh, yeah. Ben, you were about to say something important. No, I, I, I was going to shift the topic of conversation. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about that. Uh, please do. So uh, I want to put the question to you guys. Uh, it, it, it seems obvious to me that regardless of what side you fall on, it is difficult to trust either your own sources or other sources. And... I think that that has kind of manifold problems. There's one which is a systematic uh, denial of the other side based on everybody that you know. That's kind of a community level denial that this other person has any that this other side has anything to say. And then there's a more personal side to it, which is like I'm used to conversing with these people. I'm not used to conversing with these other ideas. Um, but I think what you've been saying. Uh, like we've been talking about debate and how maybe we can come across the aisle and try to talk to an individual i think was uh was mentioned um and and the thought that came to me was that it, it seems to me that like a lot of democratic efforts as of late as far as i can tell from you know my my liberal bubble uh has been to uh get the people who who are kind of apathetic 
to engage. And uh, the... Oh, gosh. I lost a lot of steam. I'm sorry. Hang on a sec. <laughs> oh, no, that's Where fine. did I go? Um, Build it up however you need to. <laughs> uh, the, the thing I was thinking is that it's so easy to convince a person, but it's so hard to convince. And you know, I think mm. Kay said it best in Men in Black, which is, uh, you know, a person is smart. People are stupid. You know, I'm paraphrasing. But the, the, the idea is that you can convince one yeah, person, no, right. but how much can you really do against the propaganda machine that is this 24-hour news cycle kind of almost state-sponsored kind of media coverage that is willing to peddle you exactly what you want to be. What, what can really be... A, a lot of the democratic effort is mm. let's get more people who haven't been engaged engaged. It's never... Is there any, even any way to talk to the other people? So, like, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, if you were mm. a person who doesn't know much about politics but wants to help your, your side as, as team sports as that makes that sound, how do you deal with those two kind of conflicting concepts of convincing a person and talking to people I, I don't know if that idea makes any get, sense to you guys get them to ask no, I see what you get them to ask questions like get them you know like put it to them yeah just be like well what interests you what issues matter to you in your everyday life have you and when they tell you be like well have you thought about it this way or have you know there are you know point them out to some different sources of material or you know try to get them involved and interested that's the real hard part it's hard to get people interested in any uh yeah but yeah it's and it's mm. ask questions you know that that's or get them to ask questions uh because once they get start asking questions some of which don't have direct answers you can get them thinking about you know just thinking about the issues you know getting them to tread you know go into those uh, uncharted waters almost uh where uh people are able to figure out what they actually believe in because uh, cause that's hard because a lot of people who are politically apathetic or politically ignorant, uh, they don't quite. Kn- yeah, yeah, days ignorant. They don't quite. <laughs> they don't quite know where their own what their own value. Uh, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. They, uh, it, it's, it's like they've never really had a reason to think too deeply about it, and so being placed in a position to answer questions about why they believe certain things that that's yeah. that's an that. That's a useful they, tactic. They is that really surprising? They have, uh, they have, it can be more surprising than you than you'd think. Uh, yeah, when you'd you, be surprised when you get to somebody see how who's been complete, comes up. When you get somebody who's yeah. been completely uh, out of the loop, like doesn't know anything about politics, doesn't know you know doesn't know anything about the American political process, doesn't know anything about the world in general, just sits in their own little bubble. They know effective, not even, not even necessarily a bubble. They can be but, entirely disengaged, yeah. like. I think it was a person from Frisky Dingo who said it best. It turns out that voters, <laughs> all that voters really care about is cold beer, warm pussy, and a place to take a shit before doing it. Yeah, a lot like of people they, who, they know just, pleasure and yeah. pain, and that's it. Yeah. But once you ask them, like, why does her, why does this cause you, these are, the simple question of why doesn't quite enter into the psyche until somebody addresses it. It's like, yeah, why exactly. do you, have, have you ever mm-hmm. thought of it in a different way? Just why do you believe what? Yeah. Why do you to put like, a, why do you like what you like? Why do you hate what you? And these are to put a, an, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I'm sorry. You were finishing up your point. That's um, that's pretty much the point that I had. Is that like we need okay. to ask, get people to ask themselves why. Yeah, and, and I mean to add to to your point there, uh, the way I like to say it is: don't get mad, get Socratic. 
Like the power, <laughs> the power of asking those sorts of questions and not doing it in like a trolley way, but right. like honestly trying to get the other person to think about why they, first of all, to think about why they think a certain way. And then to also be open to the idea that maybe in their thought process, you're going to learn something about your own. Mm. I think that that's. Right. Yeah, don't look like you're preaching. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like if you approach it as that kind of a, like, really, why do you think that? And be willing to sit back and kind of hear, hear those reasons. And yeah, there's, that's an important side of it is that like, and like I said, most people probably don't think too deeply about why they think something politically, especially until they've been forced to. And part of the problem with that is that our media culture has them convinced that they have to have a well-developed and a vociferous uh, opinion on most things. And so they're going to come out of the gate hard on one side, and maybe maybe they don't fully believe in that well, until you only hear been a question shown a vociferous on the other opinion. side. They've only been shown a, yeah. like, what is more developed, what is more well-developed than the exact product that they've been fed? You know, like, yeah, this is the danger of talking points, especially because that's like those are just prepackaged thoughts for the benefit of having these heated. Yeah, they're easily consumable bits of what it will sound like to have a heated discussion about a certain point. Mm -hmm. But if if you can be the first to step back out of that process and to ask an honest follow-up question about why they think a certain thing instead of being like i think it's really easy and uh, understandable to get taken aback by the forcefulness with which some people will express an opinion and um that can fluster most people who aren't used to having these conversations either and so then you almost immediately you've lost the conversation there because one side has taken the extreme on one end and then the the most logical thing to do at that point is to dig in on the other side and then to not have the conversation anymore. Now you're just sort of like deciding who's going to leave the conversation more or less scathed um, under the circumstances. Well, and yeah, yeah. I, I think that what you're talking about is like a way to deal with this in kind of a one-on-one capacity. Like this yeah. other person is espousing these beliefs, and I don't really believe them. So what I'm going to do is ask them to argue their own point. And I recognize... Well, maybe they do. Yeah, and I can recognize that that may work. I've I've been the recipient of that in my, you know, gun control kind of... Like, I didn't think about it until somebody brought to me, why do you think that way? And then I started thinking about it. And I don't know if I have the right opinion on it yet, but the point is, I started thinking about it. The gears are turning. a person. I'm one person. Let let, let me bring an anecdote to mind. Um, cause I think this is an important subject. Do you guys yeah. remember a while back there was this, uh, pro-life, uh, group that released a video, uh, which was a pretty heavily doctored version of a Planned Parenthood, uh, you know, video that was made to look like Planned Parenthood was, you know, making a profit off of selling human fetal tissue. Do, do, do you remember this at all? Yeah, I remember Yeah, that. I recall this. Yeah, it, it was one of those, uh, oh, I don't remember the guy's name, but he was one of the guys who was going in with, like, uh, secret cameras and, like, yeah. recording. Yeah. Like, like, converse, like, test case conversations he was having with people and, like, yeah. Yeah, go, go, go yeah, go on with that point. That, well, yeah. That could be interesting. So, so, yeah. so the point of it, uh, the thing I'm trying to get to is that, like, uh, you know, everyone pretty quickly realized, you know, this is 
kind of hoax. This is a this is a hoax. This is heavily yeah, doctored. Yeah. This isn't really what they believe. It's demonstrably false if you have any understanding of Planned Parenthood. But ultimately, it was viewed as a win for the pro-life community because right. the spread of ignorance was faster than the attempt to clean it up. So it's cl- yes, it's clickbait. It's yeah, it is the clickbait. Oh, what was it that Mark? I think it might have been Mark Twain that said something like this. It was like. Uh, a well-crafted lie can go around the world three or four times before the truth can get on its shoes. Right. So, so yeah. you can teach the truth yeah. to a person, but is the lie too powerful to really be dealt with in such a individual way? Yeah, that gets into another point that I was thinking about, and you just reminded me because you brought us back on there topic. We, there we go. <laughs> it's it's um, the difference between engaging... Jacked. Well... The difference between engaging somebody in this interpersonal way, like you've met someone on the street who has a different opinion, and how do you deal with that as someone who may not be super well versed? Right. The other, the other, the other end of that is that this is part of the insidious power of the twenty-four hour news cycle and of cable news and of and of you know the ways that those that those uh, agendas and those topics propagate themselves is you only need to reach individuals on that and people are only having to be convinced on the me versus my screen level yeah like it's part of the power of that medium is that you're not really dealing with a crowd of people you're dealing with people in their living rooms yeah individually and it's it's easy to and then they don't have to deal with another person who may have just heard the exact same story they can just log they won't off. have to look yeah they they don't have to look that person in the eye and say are you getting this like what do right. you think of this like that moment never happens where like if you're like at a rally or listening to someone at the corner of a like on a street corner giving a speech like that you kind of have that interpersonal like that that peer pressure side of thing where you might have to look your fellow listener in the eye and say you getting this or yeah. not that that also feeds into the 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 potency of that of that business model of misinforming people is that yeah the the 24-hour news cycle you really you really only have to deal with individual right. and in their individual milieu like it, it, it's not yeah I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but the, people the, people need to learn to talk yeah. to one another about their opinions. Like, you know, well, sit down, have a Pandora's conversation. But if you're just listening, JT, the internet is yeah, out there. We we can't we can't I, close it off again. Uh, I know, the, but it's if, technologically impossible to get people to talk to one another on that grand scale. And if you're just listening to Fox News or MSNBC or any of the others, and just that. You're never gonna ha- you're never gonna have those conversations or those encounters where you're gonna have to face down somebody who heard or believes something else. Right. Your community like, is one that you choose nowadays. It's not the one that yeah, you yeah. have. Right. It's exactly. not the one that you were yeah. locationally it, born into. And you it's get to choose like, who you talk to. And it plays into that culture of paranoia. Like people don't talk to one each one another anymore. I what mean, if they're on the other don't, side? Yeah. People don't talk to their neighbors anymore. Other other than hey, you need to mow your lawn. <laughs> like uh, we don't we don't <laughs> talk to each other on my anymore. property line, sir. We, we definitely need to start having more of a, a focus on a culture that is not paranoid of your neighbor. Like, but there's, there's, there's no need no to have those conversations anymore. So how do you appeal to human psychology right. in That's, this effort to, like, 
you know, I, I think that I think that the, the, the main, the grand idea that we're all kind of building toward is the only cure for ignorance is knowledge, is, is learning. On a broad scale, to whomever is around, you know, you have to have a lot of different sources, you have to converse with a lot of different people. How do you do that when you're not forced to anymore? That's an right. optional yeah. requirement in this day and age, and one That's that very, very few true. people actually in that endeavor upon. Like I have one, you know, Trump supporter in my Facebook feed just because I don't want to forget what it like, what it looks like, and it's fucking horrifying every time I look at it. But like, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But we need to, yeah, take a drink. It's my bad. Yeah. Oh, I I I added it in. But Thank I, you. I think it's important yeah. to. It- have and that you know talk to a person who you don't agree with but when are you forced to do that anymore yeah well, that's true because uh, i mean if you're if you're going to go out to like a political meetup or anything like that or a discussion group it's you're pre-vetted prob- you're kind of all yeah you're almost kind of guaranteed to run into the same kind of people when, Very true. i mean I, I i tried in earnest a couple of years ago that to, to have like a political discussion group like an in-person meet space like real, like we get together and I love the talk term to, meat space. I just have to say, yeah, I'm gonna use my meat to throw sound at your meat, <laughs> and you're gonna give me the feedback. And you know, we had some interesting discussions for like the three times we got together, but it, we really all just kind of agreed with one another. Like nobody from the other side ever really came out. Right. There, there really wasn't a market fit. They picked up uh, those right. liberal pheromones. Yeah. I, I don't know. As far as this question is concerned, I'm gonna flat out have the courage to say I don't know. I don't know the answer. Yeah. Like there, yeah. I don't see a clear way to combat that at least at this moment maybe some psychologist somewhere might have a better idea maybe but yeah i can only talk about just <laughs> dealing with people as you know on an individual scale that's that's all i can really yeah. do. well maybe we'll luck out and we'll have like an electromagnetic pulse come out and take out all of the internet and we'll actually have to go outside and do what timothy snyder suggests in uh uh, on tyranny, which is to practice corporeal politics. Like, if you're gonna get politically involved, get out there and like deal with people. Sounds pretty Henry just, David Thoreau to me. Yeah, it may be painful. Practice for you corporeal introverts. politics. So that's what it comes down to. For you introverts, oh, no, it JT, may be. Up. It may be very, he very painful. Stuck in time, like Billy Pilgrim. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, JT. Oh, look at him go. Uh, what? I assume he can still hear all of us, so maybe I, just I can talk see about it for a bit. He's, I can he's wondering what the fuck we're doing. And, yeah, talking over him, oh, no. saying something probably interesting. Oh, there he goes. Yeah, I oh, can no. hear everything Uh-oh. you he's just He's moving said. in like fast motion like a, like a silent movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can hear everything I thought so. you just said. Unfortunately. Oh, my God. You're you going complete- in fast motion. It's the best. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, you went completely out, and now you're moving around really fast like a silent movie. <laughs> you, look, you look like a diabolical Furby trying to flip us off in super fast motion. <laughs> That's amazing. JT, this is your first edit job, right? <laughs> Jesus. Okay, Um. yeah, am I back yet? You Can are you guys back hear now. Me? You're back now. Okay, because I heard everything you said. Every, literally everything. Nothing changed on on my end. That's oh, awesome. Oh no! All right. Well, Billy Pillar. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I for, I forget where we were. Uh, rapping. I don't even. Mm. 
we were kind of just going along. I mean, we, we, we could wrap up soon if we want. This doesn't have to yeah, be a terrible episode. Yeah. I mean, uh, we've already got going. Like, we... We've been recording for almost two hours. And, uh, we, yeah, but that so first we probably, half hour was kind of a wash, about, right? At the, about yeah. the 20-minute yeah. mark, I so. want to say, is when we well, started. I, I, we're I'm, at, willing like, to, I'm willing to extend it by just a little bit to bring to mind. I, I don't know if this is cogent or not, but like maybe a recent example. I, I was trying to be respectful. Why? All right, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Okay, what? we're good. Continue. You, all right. I'm sorry, JT. You were speaking English. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound right. <laughs> all right. So, that sounded far more accusatory um, than I expected. Yeah. <laughs> Any, so, JT, you were speaking English, right? <laughs> you better have been speaking English. Because, yeah, in the part of the country that I'm, I'm in, yeah, speaking, you got to speak. Where yet? An undisclosed location, currently in a bunker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't cool. I'm specifics on, a, on the... I'm in an aerial fortress like I'm in the Sonic game. <laughs> I, th- I thought I blew that up in Sonic 2, but... Uh, I'll refer you to Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Thank you very much. Yeah, that's right. The Death Egg. I currently live uh, on the Death Egg, you guys. All right. <laughs> so, Ben, you had one last thing you want to bring up yeah, at the very least. I figured maybe to round out this discussion... Um, I think I figured I'd bring a a a, a story, a recent story, into focus, and maybe have sure. us talk about the ways it's being portrayed, and maybe the ways we'd like it to be portrayed. So, oh, that's a good one. And and unfortunately, it yeah, is it, it is derivative of uh, the climate change debate, but it's a little bit more pegged down. So the the sure. thing that I've been thinking about recently that I, I heard about uh, yesterday, and I've been thinking about that'd be a good topic for today. Um, have you guys heard uh, our you know our uh, our glorious leaders uh, tweet about uh, California wildfires. I'm aware of it. Oh God, I think I missed that. I, I'm aware of it, but I didn't pay it too much of a uh, too much mind. Because... That was very wise. However, let, let, let's go ahead and look it up real quick, just so we have it on our fingertips. What what exactly yeah. did he say? Yeah, let's see here. All right, pull out the old Google machine. All right, let's see. Okay, let's see. California wildfires uh, are being magnified and made so much worse by the bad environmental laws, which aren't following, allowing massive amounts of readily available water to be properly utilized. It is being diverted into the Pacific Ocean, must also tr- tree clear to stop fire from spreading. So, oh god, yeah, that that that's the that's the tweet on on in in the, in mind for that. I, w- um, I wish I was illiterate and deaf, so I didn't have to read or hear that. And so a few, so then another one is Governor Jerry Brown must allow the free flow of the vast amounts of water coming from the north and foolishly being diverted into the Pacific Ocean. Can be used for fires, farming, and everything else. Think of California. Plenty of water. Nice. Fast federal government. Is that Jerry Lewis? Is that who you're doing? That was Donald No, I know. Damn it! Bravo. I did it again. Bravo, right. bravo, Alec like Baldwin. Excellently. Ah, you're, you're just squeezing We're out. We're setting a record. Of, you're bad influence, this is the most. This is the most mentions per episode. That we've I'll be honest. I, I don't kind like of it. been trying to do that. Yeah, I, I appreciate you. it. <laughs> but yeah, so the entire concept of it is ridiculous, right? Uh, it's not a water yeah. problem. It's a climate change problem. They have water. That's not the, that's not the issue. The issue is that the climate change is wrong. But, yeah, but... Yeah. 
I am perceiving that information because that makes sense to me with what I've already... What if it's actually a water thing that I just don't get? How do you, how do you get to that? How do you jump into the mind of a person who believes this and treat it as sensical? How do you, like, I don't know. How would you, how would you make sense of this story? Even though, as I understand it, it's ludicrous. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I am in an echo chamber. I'm in a liberal bubble. What what evidence do I have to say that my bubble is any more relevant than the other side's bubble in, in this story particularly? How do I get there? Oh, try to find a study yeah. of some kind. You know, try to find, like, in, instead of looking <sighs> at news stories, try to find where they're talking about the results of studies or interpretations of what's going on. Try to find the source of the, like, the raw source of the facts. Try to find, you know, are there actually pipelines that are just piping fresh water into the Pacific Ocean? See if they actually exist, you know. (laughs) Actually go out and try to find, you know, some sort of uh, statewide or city plans for these types of zoning board, things of that nature. Uh, And read them for yourself. Like, uh, one of the things you could do is... uh, Look at court cases, you know, look at uh, actual decisions instead of looking at people's interpretations of the facts. Look at the facts themselves. I mean, so I can't remember who it was that said might have been Dan Rather. I don't even know. It's like we're talking about the responsibility of journalism is uh, think of it. If you have one side that says it is raining, the other side that says it isn't raining. The job of the journalist is to look outside and see what's actually happening. You guys are giving me the weirdest looks right now, and I know I cut it. <laughs> you froze up again in the Skype, but we let you go on uninterrupted in the actual recording. You'll it actually hear so the recording. Just to see just to see if we actually... Because I, I think it kind of piled in at the very end of what you were saying. In that, yeah. I don't know. I think it gets a little trickier when you're dealing with the President of the United States because it is... It, it who, isn't who are really, you talking about? It isn't written. The president up, of the United ben. States, our our sitting, our current president, Ben. Yeah, I'm not safe. doing it again because my glass is empty and I can't it's join you singer. in the drink. That's all right, mine is um, too. Well, it it gets into a into a trickier problem because this is someone who really doesn't give a shit. He really doesn't give a shit about whether he's telling you the truth or not. And so, trying to discern you, the you, truth behind what he's saying and like the amount of work you would have to actually do to disconfirm his ridiculous tweets it's like uh, it's minimal are you aware <laughs> so 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 ben and or jt are you familiar with the debating tactic called the gish gallop no i hope to be soon okay uh, during okay so, so this comes from uh, arguments over creationism versus evolution, and it comes from the theologian Duane Gish, who used as a debate tactic the practice of piling on as many disconfirmable ideas in his argument as possible to essentially lock up the rebuttal section mm. of his opponent so that you will never get to the end of of disconfirming what he has to say in the time that is allowed in the standard debate sort format. of like an aggressive I, filibuster it essentially is yeah yeah, yeah it, it's a, it's a it's a slightly more creative version of the filibuster and i fear that that's kind of what happens with our president is that when he says something ridiculous like the wildfire is worse because california can't they access the water because 
environmental laws. Like, the amount of work you'd have to put into disconfirming this, you're going to have to go through what are the environmental laws that are supposedly being, uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for, uh, maliciously complied with. Uh, malicious compliance. Like, what are these laws? What are these regulations? That you, like, you can kind of. We're in a sick situation where you kind of have to like offhand dismiss what he's saying in his tweets because the in alternative a way, is 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 fighting everything he says, and that's just like it's unfeasible. Yeah, yeah. it happens too fast. There's, it's just not now, worth it. Not to get too real with this, but um, this is slightly similar to. So the amount of obfuscation that Russian propaganda goes goes towards in dealing with its Eastern European satellite nations, if you're a Ukrainian or an Estonian or a Lithuanian or someone like that, and you think that you have been encountered with a piece of ridiculous Kremlin puffery, Good the word. response that—yeah, thank you. The, the response you're supposed to have to not have it affect you negatively is— Oh, those crazy Russians, they're at it again. Boys will be boys. Yeah, like, you kind of offhand dismiss what's just been said. We're in that position with with our president. Donald Trump. Is that, yeah, with him. Go ahead and have a drink. We're up to 18, ladies and gentlemen. We started at, like, 12. (laughs) You shouldn't have had me on. You You better be drinking. No. You better, yeah, right? Ah. You got ice. Chug for your country. it's still tasty ice. <laughs> sadly, that's sadly. I think that that's where we are as far as as that yeah. goes. Is like we're we're stuck we're in such a weird the... place of needing to pay attention and needing to ignore. Yeah, and that yeah, and that's just and, a, and I have that's just that has to be a skill acquired through time is to figure out what's bullshit and what is not and what is worth yeah. talking about. What is not. yeah. Although I've. I'd like to see more sources who are honestly dealing with that problem to, to to have a program to educate people to do so because I can fully appreciate just how damn difficult it is for someone to just pick up and start reading the news yeah. like an insider. Yeah. You have other and like, things to I, do. I, I, I totally... The yeah, exactly. like, how much can they care about their... Like, it goes back to the first thing that we were saying. You know, yeah. how much can you really care about politics when the only impact that you have is, you know, are you going yeah. to devote umpteen thousand hours, you know, bettering yourself and reading multiple bo- bo- books from multiple politicians' point of views and, and learning the history and learning the legislative process and learning all of that when your actual benefit from that is so contained and minute. Like, it's 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 just not worth it. People, people are— need- People the world to is too fast. Yeah, people need to realize their own power because just a single vote isn't really going to matter a whole lot, you know, in most pl- cases. But a bunch of votes, if you have a lot of people suddenly realizing, hey, together we have the power to change uh, the status quo. We have the power to vote people into and out of office. Like that That's where the power lies, and that's where where people need i would say the more politically ignorant that's what they need to realize that if to this the it's like the old parable from ancient greece of the person with uh breaking a single stick as opposed to breaking a bundle of sticks oh, oh shit oh there we go well there's there's the usual sound Dear listeners, uh, the Illuminati are telling us to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Am I going crazy? Am I drunk? Or are you guys doing a thing? 
No, you're here. What you're hearing there is fanfare, fanfare for the common man. That's that's our usual musical cue to to wrap up the show and to move on to the moment of clarity. Which uh, uh, Ben, did they did they lock you up in a in a small room full of soundproofing and a microphone to to, to get a moment of clarity out of you? Because I, I I don't remember it. Our intro music was uh, Dark Sea Land, Kevin McLeod. You can find more yep. royalty-free music uh, on, in Computech.com. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, hey, if you want to send us any feedback, any cocktail recipes, any complaints, any suggestions for the podcast, feel free to feel free to send us an email at cocktailpartycongress at gmail.com. Uh, that's, uh, you can shoot us, that's pretty helpful to us. Shoot us a Facebook yeah. message, uh, iTunes. Try to give us five stars. Help us get out there. Uh, yeah. yeah, give us any sort of review you find fit. You know, that can kind of help us with the algorithm. You know, if, if you're getting a, a benefit out of these weird conversations that we're having over drinks with our friends, then, hey, maybe other people too. But, uh, well, Ben, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, before we go away, why don't you tell our listeners where else they can find you? Like, what what other projects are you up uh up there doing iron podcast land and on the fancy bat podcast work that we're all a part of sure i'd be happy to um so i am going i i, I am part of the carton cast is a um is a podcast devoted to looking at old cartoons and seeing what me and my brother zane think of them as adults uh, in addition to that you can go ahead and check out empowered which is a podcast that is a real brief look at a given superpower from a superpower wiki we choose them randomly and talk about them for five or ten minutes and just kind of shoot the shit um in addition to that you can check out my new project without a paddle uh this is uh my uh my blog that i'll be posting in the post-apocalypse in the future climate change world where the entire world is covered by seawater and i uh canoe from uh outpost to outpost of civilization and uh catalog my thoughts Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways through ten go. miles of snow, even in the water. Well, well, Ben, that's super exciting. I'm really uh, and really everybody. I mean, like empowered and the Carnton cast. Those are all very entertaining listens, and I, I I absolutely implore you to go check those out. Yeah, and you guys are both welcome on any or either of those uh, whenever whenever the mood strikes you. So um, I, I thank you very much for 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 coming on previously, and hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Yeah, I'm I'm like sort of a semi regular on the Carton Cast. In fact, that was sort of my first podcasting experience, and uh, yeah, it's it's always a lot of fun. Our resident and, horror uh, expert. Yeah, I try my best. Uh, yeah, JT, you got to find a reason to get up on there. Yeah, right. It's uh, it's 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 always fun. Well, we'll we'll see how that goes. If you want to be our like resident electricity expert, we could have you on for like Static Shock or something. <laughs> Just throwing it out there. Chain lightning for the win. There you go. Yeah, yeah, chain lightning is always fun. <laughs> it's a good D&D spell. It really is. Level six. One of the best. Well, Ben, thank you so much for being on the show. Dan, it is a pleasure as always. And, uh, always. You are welcome. In vino, My pleasure. In indeed. vino veritas. In vino veritas. Ever get the feeling that everybody else knows more than you do? That's the feeling delivered by our current political era. On Facebook, we're constantly told, this is the right way of looking at things, or the other guys don't want you to know this obvious truth. Of course, the other guys are telling their followers the same type of argument. The difference is, our argument is right, isn't it? 
The trouble with the 24-hour news cycle and the proliferation of social media is that no one has to think. Someone who believes what you believe already has their arguments made, defended from detractors, and philosophized for you. Why bother to listen to all the facts? Why bother to form your own opinion? If you can't trust your side, which has the combined experience of millions of people, can you really trust your own point of view instead? The thing is, having access to that much information, it's a buyer's market. Don't like the conclusions that one scientific study reached? Don't worry. Someone has argued against those same conclusions. Disagree with a pundit? Well, they're just part of a machine whose momentum requires them to argue fraudulent causes. Look, you can see it in their face. They don't even believe it. And here lies the problem. If the opposition can make those same kinds of claims, by what right do you assert that your sources are trustworthy? We all exist in a constant torrent of news that is just designed to piss us off, not to tell us to make an informed decision. Who do we trust when our press has a compelling reason to lie to us every day? The answer isn't easy. We have to resist the magnetism of social media and pull away from the tribalistic attitude of our political landscape that is oh so tempting. It's very simple to stop reading once you feel vindicated, but this just adds us to the ever-increasing momentum of mob mentality. We need to remember how to use conversation to learn, not to argue. We have to remember what it's like to listen to a political discussion without feeling an urge to defeat the other guy. We have to remember to think for ourselves. So the answer isn't easy, but it is simple. To be able to trust what we're being fed, we have to learn to feed ourselves. Read multiple accounts of the same event. Learn from history what didn't work. Accept that someone you respect doesn't necessarily have all the answers. And remember, it's easiest to sell something to someone who desperately wants to believe it. If you want your words to have weight, don't be an easy mark.